Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to open up the Word of God here this morning, and I'm believing it truly will empower you and equip you to overcome some of the things that maybe you're facing off with in life. And the title is Broken Crayons Still Color. Broken Crayons Still Color. And uh, hopefully just even as you, you know, mull that over that you, you'll begin to, you know, uh, hear the Holy Spirit say, like, would you allow me to use maybe those areas of your life that you would say are still broken, but in, in the hand of your God, he's going to use those areas to color your world. But uh, first, I have to show you, I have four beautiful little babies that me and my, uh, we have, but uh, I did a little bit of the grunt work, if you know what I mean, but they're all really beautiful and unique. And first is Judah. Judah Scott, his name means praise, and he's like, I you know, there's JB and then there's JD, you know, like Justin Bieber. Anyone? No? Yeah, he's like, I'm coming for you. That's what he believes, and I agree in Jesus' name. But, you know, maybe with like a different uh, purpose, you know. But <laughs> anyway, I love, and I love Justin Bieber, okay? But anyway, okay, Abby is her second born. She's five years old, and she is, uh, her name means Father's Delight. And gosh, she has this wrapped around her little finger. Finley, who we're going to talk about here this morning. Finley Joy, her name means fair warrior. So I understood, gosh, I'm declaring something over her life. So let's put Finley Joy, you know, just to balance out the scales. And then Rowan Everly Range, she got all the names. We call her Roro Bean Dip, Roro Bean Ball. It's what it depends on the day. And she's the final installment for and no more. Amen. But, oh, and my husband, he's very handsome, right? There's him too. <laughs> I love him so much. I fell in love with him at 15 years old and I just keep falling and life just gets better. And what we get to build, the best part of our life, we have a great church, but our family and our kids is our greatest endeavor. And it's just beautiful. Everything flows from, so that's that. But let's read in John 4. This story is, is after the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room. The disciples, Jesus is like, peace, I've got to go. I'm going to go and be with my Father. I'm preparing a place for you. But, hey, this is good because you used to have to chase me down, you know, like Twitter. Like, where's Jesus at? You used to have to come and find me. But now I'm going to leave my spirit. The Holy Spirit is about to come and dwell on the inside of you so you don't have to hunt me down or chase me down. I'm going to live with you. I'm going to abide in you. And so they went to this upper room waiting for something to happen and it says this like rushing wind came through that upper room and what happened is the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they were fully filled it says in Acts 2 and fully equipped and so now in Acts 3 that's what that's their context this is where Peter and John are coming out of the upper room and they're coming to this temple where there was stairs leading into the temple they were going into worship and they met a crippled man 
who was crippled from birth. So, you know, there was an individual in our house who had an accident and at 50 years old became uh, paraplegic from the neck down. But we knew him walking. We knew him running and dancing and all of that. But this man... Crippled from birth, no one has yet seen him walk. And so he was known to be carried to these stairs and and sat there so he could beg for for money. And I mean, it's a great place to sit if anybody's going to have empathy and compassion. Hopefully, on the way into the temple, you would find that. And Peter and John walk up and they see this crippled man. And it's interesting what they say to him. And I believe it's, it's a position that we can have when we go about our lives and when we encounter people with great need. This is what they said. He said, look at us. And then the man began to pay attention to them, eagerly expecting. Like You can just imagine. He's like, oh, gosh, I'm about to get blessed, you know? Something good is about to happen to me. And, and eagerly expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said something so powerful, silver and gold, I do not have. Like he did not, you know, hide the fact that he wasn't, you know, flow, flowing with cash at this time. He's like, I don't have what you, what you want. Like I don't have this thing that you think you need. But what I do have is actually going to meet the real need. You know, like I don't have what you want, but I have what you need. And so what I do have, I give to you. And watch what happens. In the name and the authority and the power of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, now begin to walk. And don't just begin to walk, but keep on walking. How amazing. And then he got a little bit bold. And sometimes we need to get a little bit bold. And he grabs, grabs him by the right hand. And it says that he pulls him up with a firm grip. And at once, his feet in his ankles that have never felt anything begin to fill with a strong strong and, and steadiness began to fill him. And with a leap, he stood up and he began to walk, not with a crawl. How many know here, have you experienced ever a touch from Jesus where maybe for years all you've known is that ailment, all you've known is that limp, but in a moment, a moment with Jesus, you're completely healed and completely restored. Well, that's this man's experience. He began to leap. He began to walk and he went into the temple leaping and praising God. And all the people who knew this guy, I mean, he was known as the crippled man from birth. They stood back and in wonder and amazement at what God did in his life. How good. Hey, why don't we just pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would do what only he can do. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you that you have come. Thank you, Jesus, that you said, oh gosh, I, I promise that it's going to be better. I'm going to be able to walk with you and talk with you and be with you every moment of every day. And in this moment, we recognize your presence and, and, and we just say la and stop. And we ask that Holy Spirit, would you just speak to our hearts, be the loudest voice in this room. And would you allow us, would you allow those broken areas of our life to be placed in your hand and would you allow us to overcome and to truly color our world with every chapter, with every uh, part of our story? I pray that you would open up our eyes to see that you can use us where we are and with where we have been in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. Amen. Well, Finley, as I talked about, our little fair warrior, and she is, she was running through the house one day and just, you know, running through the hall, boom, falls down, doesn't get back up. I try to put her on her feet. She can't walk. We go to the hospital. She's got a toddler fracture. Okay. This shouldn't take a long time. Turns out two weeks later, she's still not walking. I'm like trying to encourage her to get off the couch. I've, I've got you know, the three of them, and I'm expecting our fourth, so I'm kind of like, you kind of need to walk, you know, like, this would be really helpful, and I'm trying to think of ways to encourage her off the couch. I couldn't, like, cheerlead her into it, coax her into it, encourage her into it, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to look up on YouTube. Maybe there are some moms out there who have had, you know, toddlers with this same condition. Maybe she needs to see. It was like a, a, a moment, like a revelation, like she needs to see somebody in her age and stage with the same cast, with the same problem, but walking. And so I looked it up, and you'd be amazed to find out that there's all kinds of videos that moms and dads have taken of their kids in casts, like, you know, like on that, the walking, like, uh, like the walking dead, that's what it looks like, all over YouTube, like, check it out when you go home. There's these toddlers, you can pick the soundtrack, so I picked, you know, Sarah McLachlan, where, you know, it's like, they adopt me, like the animals, like, oh, like in the arms of the angel, you know that one? So it was really sad, and I show, turn around, I show Finley, I'm like, look, Finn, you know, this toddler's getting up and she's dragging her leg across the kitchen. Like, ah, I'm just kidding. But I'm like, look, Finn, you know, she's, she's, got, she's got a cast on, but she's moving and she's walking and her little eyes lit up and her shoulders got broad and she got off for the first time in weeks off of the couch and we all stood back in amazement like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Bridesmaids, it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> Not like that. Like, it's happening. She's, like, moving. She's walking. I was so excited. And, you know, it, it spoke to me in that moment. I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, here I am thinking, like, I need to be the hero in the story to inspire people. People need to see, you know, me with my cast off and walking. I'm so grateful that this mom had the wisdom to know, like, no, 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 let's capture my daughter limping while healing. You know, we're not in the hospital room getting the cast off and look like I'm fully healed and restored, like check me out. It's like, no, 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 I'm still in pain. I still have areas of my life that need to be put back together, but at least I'm moving forward. I'm not out of my God assignment. I'm not out of, you know, my, my God-given identity, why God created me. And I believe that you and I can be that example for people that, hey, you don't have to have it all together for God to use your life. He can take the brokenness. He can take that pain. He can take that rejection. He can take that chapter you wish never happened. And in the hand of your God, he can use it. And so I'm going to share with you here this morning three keys and encouragements that will equip you and empower you to color your world in whatever season you find yourself in. So first is be established. Let's just establish ourselves. Let's root ourselves in who we have. And for a moment, just right here, right now at 11.54 a.m. on whatever day it is, November 10th, thank you. Let's just for this moment forget 
all the stuff that we don't have, okay? I know we all have some things that we're believing for breakthrough. There's always a battle that needs breakthrough. There's always some pain that we're walking with, being human beings. <gasps> Anybody have breath in your lungs? Okay, good, we're alive, which means that there's stuff you're gonna have to overcome. But for a moment, and number one, root yourself in who you have and who you are in Christ. That's, that's first, that's primary. My daughters, I do this thing, you know, when, we're, when I'm getting ready, I get ready on the floor. Who wants to stand for 20 minutes? Not me. My husband hates it because I get little, like, you know, smudges in the, in the carpet. Oh, gosh. Anyway, details that don't matter. But I'm there getting ready, and my daughters will come over and climb on me and, you know, stick their hand in my lipstick. I'm like, that was expensive, you know. But I'll grab them. And I'll turn them around, and in the morning, well, we have this practice. It's just quite natural, but we just look in the morning, and I'm like, hey, what do you see? Like, what does God say about you? And so they'll say, like, I'm a Davidson, and that means something in our family. Like, we quantify what that means. You're generous. You're encouraging. You're a giver. You're a leader. You, you know, that means all kinds of things. Our name represents who we are. And, like, I'm a, I'm a child of the king. I'm a daughter. You know, one day after the first week of school, my daughter, Finley, is going, wow. Okay, so going to school. I'm a rapper. I'm just kidding. Still on my back. I can do everything. I'm just kidding. Just joking. Okay. Um, so, wow. Okay, so, wow. What am I talking about? Stephanie, help me. Finley, oh, guys, thanks so much. Okay, so Finley, she's going to school. Now we're sitting at the kitchen table, and she's coloring ferociously. And she's like, I'm not pretty. I'm not smart. I am not fun. And I was like, wow. You know, Finley, when she speaks, she declares. And I'm like, this, is, this, is, this could impact her. So I scooped her up. And I went upstairs, just her and I, and we sat down. I'm not, she's like saying it over. And so I just grabbed her and I hugged her. I love you, Finley. I love you, Finley. I'm not. I'm, I'm like, no, I love you. I love you. And I saw the mirror and I pulled it out. And I brought it like offensively close to us. And her snot and her hair, you know, and it's like stuck to your face. She's like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have a different party over here. And I start to say, I'm like, Finn, listen, we're going to have a praise party. We're going to do a little bit of work right now. She's like, I'm not. I'm like, okay. So I am a Davidson. I am beautiful. I am a child of the King. I am a daughter. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even though sometimes I mess up all the time. And she's looking at me and she's like, well, that looks like fun. And so she goes, I am a Davidson. I'm like, yes. She's like, I am beautiful. I'm like, yeah, you are. And we started to, to make the truth of the word of God get louder than the onslaught of the enemy that would want to make her root herself and establish herself in the misjudgments that she was experiencing out in the play yard for the very first time. You know, it takes one voice sometimes to shake your confidence, but, but I truly believe that it just takes one voice from the word of God or from the mouth of God to overwhelm what's overwhelming you. And in that moment, 
she overcame. We've got to get good at this. When we go out into our world and we get all kinds of feedback to bring it back to the word. Wait, what does God say about me? Let's make his voice and his word louder in our ear and see you overcome in Jesus' name. And so we must establish who do I have? What is my inheritance? Who is my father, capital F? No matter where I've come from, naturally, I have a spiritual father. His inheritance is mine. His lineage and his kids and what they've done is, is my story, is my history in Jesus' name. But once you discover that and come to know who you have, then we must give who we have. It's a responsibility. You know, free people, free people. Loved people, love people. Found people, they go and they find people. It's a responsibility we have. And a, it's, it's a privilege, isn't it? It's a joy. It's a privilege. And I remember getting on a flight from Toronto to Ottawa. If you don't know, that's like 45 minutes, super quick. I get on and I sit down, we buckle in. And the, the lady beside me is like, chatty like I can just tell you know you can tell it's like she wants to chat she wants to get to know each other and so we start you know chatting and she's talking really fast like she needs to breathe like I might put more breath in there but she's like you know when you're nervous like if you're nervous about something you just start making up conversation and you're just like and then I went here and then da, 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 da. and then I had a coffee with my friend I haven't seen her in 15 years like I was so good and I'm like wow that's so great I'm like oh wow how are you you know and she's like well to be honest like I'm a little nervous to fly. Like, I, this, this, I'm not a good flyer. And I'm like, oh, wow, really? I'm like, I haven't educated myself around flying. I don't watch those shows where they tell you all the bad stories, you know. All I know about flying is from friends, the phalange. I'm like, is that a real, you know, piece of equipment? That's all I know. So I try to educate her. I'm like, listen, you could die from a vending machine more than you probably could on this flight. Didn't seem to encourage or help her. But I, I gave her all that I know. And uh, then we start to chat a little more. I'm like, what do you do? She's like, well, actually, I'm in the Army. And I'm, I'm actually just coming back from Iraq. That's why I haven't seen my friends in so long. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm thinking, like, you're in the Army. Like, you've encountered some real you know, things in your life. And here you are nervous to fly. And she's like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a pastor. She's like, Okay, you know, you always that moment, like, are you still going to talk to me, <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> or that's just Canada, maybe that's Canada, um, but we, like, we're getting to know each other, and so I'm thinking, wow, like, this girl, like, gosh, you wouldn't think, hey, that she would be struggling with this, we take off on the tarmac, she grabs my hand, and she squeezes it like she's in labor, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay, and, and she's like, we're taking out, we're starting to speed up down the tarmac, and she's like, you feel so peaceful. I'm like, you don't. <laughs> and she's like, then she keeps squeezing. I'm like, the blood is like leaving my body, you know? And we make it up to that point where turbulence is kind of done, and it's a little bit calm, and, and she releases my hand, and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't normally do that. I'm like, really? Because you're kind of good at that, you know? And she's like, honestly, I felt so much peace from your life that I just had to be close. Like, I just had to be close to it. I felt you were so honestly peaceful that I just needed to hold on to it. 
And it spoke to me, that moment impacted and honestly shaped my life that now, when I go to places, I love that where Peter and John were, it was called Gate Beautiful. I, I, don't, I don't know if I mentioned that, but it's called like the temple where they were in the gate and where the miracle happened was called Gate Beautiful. And I just believe that wherever you find yourself, I'm just, I just declare it. I'm in a cafe and I'm like, I'm at Gate Beautiful. Something beautiful is about to happen. If you look at John 10, 10, the thief comes to rob, kill, steal. That's the whole, you don't have, you're not enough. He tries to steal from your authority and your access to God. But then it says, Jesus, I have come that you might have what? Life and life to the overflowing, to the full, to the point where you now are a spring. We talked about it, ladies, at Woven. You're a spring. You're a place where people can come and drink and be refreshed. And so I'm just like, listen, if that's Jesus's position as he comes into the world, I have come that you might have, then that's my perspective every single place that I go. Whether I'm in the house of God and if I'm like, I have come that you might have. I have come that you might have. I pray that as you get in your car Monday morning, Tuesday morning, wherever you are going to that one-on-one, -on -one, that meeting, that, that round table, that classroom, wherever it is, whether you're raising your babies and changing diapers, it's like, I have come that you might have babies baby powder and life and life to the full it's that's your position this is what you can bring wherever you are is gate beautiful and you have something to give amen you have so much to give you have access but somebody like her I could have gone off I don't have anything to give who am I to meet the needs of somebody with her kind of story but with access to the Holy Spirit we, through, through us, he can meet every single need. Amen? And so now what do we do? There's that part of our lives, the, the complexities of just the human experience. You're walking in your God-given assignment and identity, but there are those areas, hey, that still need healing, and you're still in process. We are a miracle that is in motion, and we're, we're constantly being sanctified, and, you know, we've been justified through Christ, but there's that whole process of becoming all and walking in all that he has already given to you. You know, in God, you're, like, given the, like, the standing ovation before you've done anything, but then there is the walking it out, isn't there? And so what do we do when we're still becoming, when we're still like Finley in the healing process? We get to boast about the weakness. We get to post about the weakness. You know, in a day and a generation where we are just so good, aren't we, at, at putting on the filter and posting from the best angle, <laughs> you know, and finding, you know, putting the highlights. And that's not, it's a, it's a great place of inspiration for if you, if you have a healthy perspective, but hey, we're good at posting the things that are going well and, and walking in our wins. We, we can't always be the hero of the story because God uses those imperfections to bring freedom to people when we're walking with it. And so for me, you know, communicating and preaching has, hasn't been like a pick me thing. I honestly, when I was in Bible college, I was, I was the girl who would um, kind of mull over my question before I'd even put my hand up to ask it. 
I would, you know, practice it in my head. And, and as I would think about asking the question, my face would start to turn red and, and my insides would begin to vibrate. And because when I was younger, a lot of people just misjudgments. Hey, that became almost like... Um, they began to define me, people who wouldn't take me seriously or all, you know, ditzy or whatever it was, just misjudgments, uh, not seeing me for who I was in Christ. I began to define myself with the lies, with voices that were not God. And so it shook me. And uh, so that was a bit, you know, back then in college and then fast forward to planting a church and my husband going, come on, get out there, you know, share. I'm like, okay. And I did. And, you know, the emails came, what's a woman doing on the platform? I'm like, oh gosh, if you only knew, you know, how difficult that this is for me to get up here. And now I'm getting an email and a voicemail and oh my gosh, you know. You expect when you walk in your God-given assignment for like the cheerleaders to come out like, yes, go, Julie. And it's the opposite. It's like, get off the stage. You're like, oh my gosh. We think it's going to be easy to to walk. You think you're just going to have like, you know, it's the tiptoe through the tulips. But no, like to walk in your God assignment requires a little bit of grit, doesn't it? And this one time when I was... You know, speaking, now let's fast forward to the, some healing has taken place. And truly, like, the Holy Spirit has done a lot of healing in my life. Again, in process, okay? Not arrived, <laughs> but in process. And I was up speaking this past year. And as I was declaring, it was one of those messages where I was, like, really, like, stepping out on, on the edge, taking a risk with what I was declaring over our house at the end of the night, we're hanging out, and I find out about this graph that someone created uh, categorizing my message in less than good categories, just not encouraging, kind of echoing the stuff that I would have heard, you know, at 13, 16, 18, just affirming and, and reaffirming and confirming the lie that had gotten a little bit quieter at this time, but all of a sudden, the, the voice that used to shout at me and hold me back and keep me in the corner started to, you know, it got quieter, but in this moment, it started to shout again. I'm like, I thought I was over this. Like, I thought, like, I thought I was past this, but now this insecurity that used to keep me, like, down there is now, like, shouting at me again, and I was so embarrassed that I didn't tell Caleb for, like, a couple days. And uh, when he found out as a good husband, he said, you know what we're going to do? You're going to get up there next weekend. You're going to stand on that stage. I was like, you're so mean. Like, I already have, like, I picked the, the island, and I have to, all I have to do is hit book. I even got a new bathing suit. Like, babe, I'm out. Like, see you later. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, we actually, this is how we fight this battle. You're, like, the enemy has already taken enough time. He's already intimidated you away from your assignment for far too long. That I'm not, I'm not going to allow him any more pleasure. You're going to get back up there. So I did. It wasn't a brave moment. I wanted to run the whole time. I was there, but I was not there, you know. And uh, next step was not just 
walking in who God, it's like, you know, you got to walk in who God has called you to be when you want to run and do the opposite. But then the Holy Spirit was like, you need to share it. You need to share it. You need to share the graph. You need to show the very weapon. You need to talk about it, boast about it. Like Paul talks about boasting in his thorn, you know, thorn in the flesh, the weakness. He starts to talk about it and he doesn't give definitive, you know, uh, description around it. Do we know that it's physical, mental, emotional? We don't know. It's just a weakness, so we can connect to it. And he said, you know what I do with, with that weakness? I wanted him to, you know, three times I begged, gosh, would you take this away? Anybody else, like, thorn in the flesh? Like, hands? No, I'm just kidding. Don't put up your hand. Um, but I have one. We all do. Human experience. But he's like, three times I asked, but this is what God said. He said that, uh, you know, this is what you do with your weakness. My grace, it's all you need. My power, it works best in that place. Like, come on, it's, this is the sweet spot. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I not, now he elevates it again. I don't just boast, I take pleasure. Like, this is fun, you know? I get to boast about the stuff that I'm struggling with because when I am weak... He is strong. When I am weak, he is strong. That's right. And so what did I do? And, you know, all the kids are asleep. Caleb's gone. I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. I put words around the struggle. But I also described what God did in the midst of the struggle and how I overcame. And I, I walked in who God called me to be regardless of how I felt. And then I, I helped people around letting them in on my limp. You know, just like Finley needed an example of somebody that's like struggling across the kitchen floor but moving. I'm like, if I can be the toddler with a fracture, if I can be the girl that goes, you know what? I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I'm still in process. I'm a miracle in motion, but I'm moving in my God-given identity. Maybe, just maybe it would set somebody else free to get up, just like that crippled man at Gate Beautiful. Maybe it would set somebody free to walk in their God-given assignment, not just walk, but leap and dance in who God has called them to be. Amen. Amen. It's incredible how in the hands of your God, the God who created you, like he knit you together in your mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows all the hairs on your head. He knows the story. He knows the day that you're about to have before you have it. He knows the words you're about to say before you even understand the thoughts around it. Like he just, he knows you. He knows how to put the broken pieces back together, but you know what's beautiful is I've discovered that the broken pieces of my life, they actually still color. They actually still create something beautiful in the hand of my God. The broken parts, the, 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 the painful parts of my story, he's like, I'm going to use it. Oh, just put it in my hand. Watch what I can do. You know, look what I can do in the hand of God. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.